Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Yingling is not the enemy. And it very much seems that for those of us on the political right, we're starting to fall into a trap that the left falls into. This whole concept of almost intersectionality. Anytime anybody does anything, oh, look how they're doing you wrong. Not everybody's doing you wrong. Don't live in a world of paranoia. It's it's a ridiculous thing to do. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. I like Yingling. They also do one with Hershey's. It's fantastic. Chris DeGaulle joins us right now. He is the morning host on Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer. And, of course, Yingling being in Pennsylvania, being an all-American brand, the story was that Yingling is sponsoring some kind of drag queen transgender holiday parade and look at what they're doing. And you have been this voice out there on Twitter saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody calm the blank down. What is the story? Yeah, well, Tony, and thanks for inviting me because this is something kind of personal to me. Dick Yingling happens to be a friend, and I'm not name dropping just to name drop. I, I've been fortunate over the years to get to know Dick Yingling well. He's the sixth generation owner of this brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. I've done business with him over the years, yes, but I have no financial relationship whatsoever anymore. I just happen to be a personal friend. And I spoke with him this morning about this, but prior to even having a conversation, yes, I tweeted and I went on my own show. And I said, I can speak with authority on this. Those reporting that Dick Yingling and the Yingling brand are associating with and sponsoring drag shows, it's a lie. It's not true. What they sponsor every year in a town called Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the Lehigh Valley, is something called Music Fest. It's a week-long music festival, right? So everybody has them. uh, And it goes to charity. It's a charitable organization that Dick Yingling and the organization have sponsored since 1984, Tony. Now, can I tell you with authority that Dick Yingling and the Yingling brand knows every music act and everybody that ever comes through Music Fest and that they're, you know, signing off on every act and everything that's sung and said from the stage? No, I can't. And of course, I couldn't imagine anybody who's sane would think that's a reasonable expectation. But I think, if you want to know the truth be told, I actually think this is a hit. Uh, Dick is a, um, is a non-union shop. At Pottsville, there are non-union guys there. They've been trying to get the Teamster uh, affiliated for quite a while. Uh, Bud Light, of course, has had their troubles. Dick is the largest, oldest American-made beer in the country now, and I think they're shooting at the king, quite frankly. But Dick Yingling's um, – I'll just – I'll say this. Dick Yingling welcomed Eric, Eric Trump a few years ago to the brewery, you might remember, and all the lefties started throwing his beer out to the street in protest when he was caught saying, we need to get your dad in there. Um, (laughs) That was a direct quote attributed to one of the reporters who was on the walkthrough. So Dick Yingling is not some transgender drag queen sponsor. It is a ridiculous lie. But when we get to the idea of that, our side does this, but we did it this time. When you get to the idea of the hit talking to Chris Tagal, morning host of Philadelphia's uh, AM 990, the answer, when you talk about a hit, what you're saying is is that the left may have leaked uh, that Yingling is associated with Music Fest, M-U-S-I-K, Music Fest, and they're going to have a drag show that, that to try and make life difficult for Yingling. 
That's right. As I said, it's kind of like, um, are you responsible for the 20, uh, however many other hours of a broadcast day on your radio station? Uh, or are you responsible for your own? I mean, when you lend your name, it's like you're going to Pride Night at a baseball game. You know, are you sponsoring Pride Night when you go and attend and watch your favorite team play? I, I mean, I guess that's up for debate. But, I mean, if you've been sponsoring a huge week-long music festival for 40 years, and this year somebody says, hey, there's a drag show that's going to be part of that. I mean, is Yingling sponsoring a drag show, or are they sponsoring a music festival that happens to have a drag show appearing? I guess it depends on your point of view. Well, it, it, is, a, I see it. it, it, it is a conversation because it, it does go to the idea of when you sponsor something, are you fully aware of every part of it that, that you're sponsoring? Are you fully connected to it? Is this the kind of thing that makes Yingling say, you know what? We can't be a, a part of this. Or does doing Might that be. bring them some something else? This is about how businesses kind of thread the needle. What I think is interesting in this conversation was nobody said, hey, Yingling, what's the story here? It went to right. in a series of places. Look at how terrible Yingling is. It's as if there are people on the right, and, and, and rightfully so disgusted by a lot of things they're seeing in society, um, looking for something else to be angry about. It's a children's charity. Dick Yingling has partnered with, uh, um, you know, he, he was mentioning me today, today in the phone call. He said, Chris, I, uh, there's a, a, another brewery in town uh, or, or beer distributor. I don't exactly know, but he's, he's, he's passed away. Uh, but Dick was mentioning his name, that he's a friend. And for decades, they've sponsored this because it's a charitable fundraiser for a children's charity in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. That's why they've gotten involved with it. So yeah, like, I don't know if, if it's now turning into some drag show, does Yingling have a responsibility to regroup and huddle and say, what's going on at music fest? Have they lost their way? Do we want to be affiliated anymore? Yeah. But I like, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to Yingling. I, I can't, you know, just because you put your name on something and the event goes sideways, I, I I'm not going to, that's far different as you understand, Tony, than the vice president of marketing for Budweiser deciding to put Dylan Mulvaney on a can. That's that's an entirely different thing, and we need to be nuanced about the discussion. That's the difference, that we do need to be nuanced about it. But I would argue, I mean, it was you and me and a bourbon and a bar stool. If I'm sponsoring an event and something like this is now a part of the event, I am questioning whether or not I'm Probably. part of the event. I don't think that part's wrong, is it? Nope, nope, no, no. But I, I don't. I think you've got to give them the opportunity to respond. I mean, it's not I, – I don't think they – I mean, I, I, unless they tell me otherwise, the conversation that I had today with Dick Yingling himself was, I have no idea. I have no knowledge of this. Now, of course, I can't demand he answer me. All right, well, what are you going to do about it? I mean, they're going to have a discussion about it, I'm sure. But um, the, the notion that he's like, hey, cool, drag show, slap my name on it. That, I mean, that's absurd. He, he knew none of that. And, and I think there, there is where the, the real crux lies. Are we going to be people who come to a yingling and say, hey, are you aware of what's going on here? Or are we looking for the next attack vehicle because it'll get us that many more hits, clicks, et cetera? I fear it's the latter, I'm sorry to say. I, 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 it just, we, I, I don't look, Target, Bud Light, some of these things are terrible. They're just organic. It flies directly in our face. They have made a blatant, full-fledged partnership and alliance. And they've said, these are our values. F you, if you don't like them, that's not what this was. And I feel like sometimes we get kind of whipped up into this moral puritanical fervor 
and uh, you know, people just get hit with shrapnel in every direction because, because if you're tangentially associated with it and standing across the street, all of a sudden you're guilty by association. I don't, I don't like that stuff. It, it feels like the Salem witch trials. Yingling is still going to have to uh, take a look at it. I think they should take a look at it and ask themselves sure what this is and, and what they desire. But I appreciate the, the clarity. Chris Stegall, host of Philadelphia's Morning Answer, AM 990 there in Philadelphia. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So the producer over at Fox who put on the Chiron that said Joe Biden was a wannabe dictator. I wasn't going to report on this story at all. I thought it was so freaking ridiculous. Tony Katz. <laughs> Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That's the number. Uh, Trump had already been indicted, gone through the arraignment. And then uh, he was uh, back in Jersey for a fundraiser. And so Fox has this side-by-side, you know, the two boxes they often have. Biden is in the box on the left. Trump is in the box on the right. And the Chiron, which is that lower third, you know, it tells you who's speaking or it tells you whatever. Wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. And you were like, oh, my, that's just so... That's just so amazing. I mean, someone's getting fired, but it's just so absolutely amazing. Amazing. Uh, Tucker Carlson, in his latest video, um, said that the producer who did it uh, has uh, has resigned because it's a producer who used to work for him. They've named the guy. I don't think I know the dude. Look, I only know a couple of people who worked there from the shows that I've worked with. I absolutely do not know everybody. It would just be an impossibility. And I know very few people from from uh, from Tucker's show. Um, and as the story goes, this guy um, put a message out that said, I asked them to let me go, and they finally did. Were they trying to keep him there so he wouldn't go work with Tucker? So he's like, all right. Let me show you what I can do, and I'll call, I'll call Biden the wannabe dictator. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't get Fox another 20 million viewers. People like running back, like finally. Uh, look, I just I want people I want people to be normal. That that that's all. Wannabe dictator. Then again, you are going after a political rival. It's, it's it's clear. It is, people people feel this way. Then there was this poll from Gallup, which I am confused by. Except, what if I'm not? Follow me here through the whole thing. It's the Washington Times with the story. Fewer adults than a year ago say that gay or lesbian relationships are morally acceptable. And more adults approve of the death penalty. Very different subjects, yet somehow within the same uh, conversation here. 64% of respondents to a recent survey said they personally believe in the morality of same-sex relations, down from an all-time high of 71% a year ago. 
So lowest the polling company has registered, this is uh, Gallup, since 63% expressed support in 2019. The low was 38% in 2002. It was a year after Gallup started asking the questions. And it reads that Republicans, who increasingly identify as conservative on social issues, are largely responsible for changes this year. So a couple of things, if I may. First, the idea of, of morality, morally acceptable. That's an interesting conversation if you were to consider that conservatives are by and large religious and, and certainly could have a religious take on it. Seeing it as a question of morally could be different than whether or not they think that somehow they think these people are bad. Maybe there are some who are religious and think that two men living together are, are, are in sin. Possibly. But I wonder if this is much more about what pride, feel the air quotes, has become versus the idea of being gay. The movement has moved away from the idea that this is about equality. No part of this is about equality. No part of the movement, no part of the parades you see, no part of this month is about equality. Targets tucking bathing suits is not about equality. It's not about we just want to get married. Men claiming to be women and having plastic surgery to look like women and then attempting to flash people and showing up half naked at the White House and taking pictures isn't about equality. It is about shoving their lifestyle down your throat. And in the movement of LGBTQ+, it is about fealty. It's not enough to say that a man who says they're a woman can exist. You have to cheer it. And if you don't cheer it, you're a bigot. You're a 16-year-old girl and you want to run track. And there is a 16-year-old boy who decides they're a girl, which you can't do, actually, and then gets to run track, and you no longer have the ability to get scholarships. You're not allowed to say anything about it, otherwise you're the bigot. You speak out, you're the bigot. You ask a question, you're the bigot. You stand up for yourself, you're the bigot. You have to celebrate them, and they will abuse you and hit you and punch you until you celebrate. If you follow me on Twitter, at Tony Katz, you will see that in my bio, it reads, there are four lights. Reality is, not what others tell you is, what is, is. Sometimes others are telling you the truth, but you get my point. Men are not women and women are not men. And I would argue that that in, in any of these polls, the movement has affected the people. I think that it would be well understood, sadly, may I add, that gay men, gay women, lesbians, are affected by what the movement has done. And they don't even get a say because they get lumped in as all these letters being part of the LGBTQ plus community. What community? You mean if you're a lesbian and you you're have an issue with the T, especially children, you're out? You don't get to be a part of that? Is that really what they want to be a part of? I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask somebody who's gay. But the idea that de facto they're part of it? Ah, oh, hell no. 
That's an evil thing to do. But because so many people lump them in and you take a look at all the madness, whether it be Bud Light or whether it be Target or you name it, I mean, the madness of that whole yingling thing. And now now you see a a difference in in overall perception. I think it's confusing of the issues. I got to tell you. I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's a, it, it, that's what it seems to me. I've seen nothing that makes me think that the conservative looks at two people living their lives together. And while they may say, look, I, I think that's a sinful activity. Nobody is thinking that I, I, I hate that person. You can argue that someone religious might see it as sinful. As sinful. That's very, very possible. Hateful would be something very, very different. So the moral- morality conversation is interesting because it, it, let's say that my my view of it about the perception of the whole movement having a negative effect is different. What if that we now live in a society that has gone so far with uh, pushing... The, the 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 nihilistic point of view that people who are searching for something have actually gone back to religion. We talked about that uh, Oklahoma softball team. What keeps you going? Like how how do you keep keep moving? And through these three uh, softball players, all three of them talked about faith in God. They actually referred to it as faith in Christ. A little different than maybe how I would say it, but I'm not saying that they can't say it the way they did. 20-year-old women, 21, if that. That's what they were talking about, what moves them, what motivates them, what gets them out of bed, what gives them joy. People who don't have purpose end up as miserable people. Well, what if uh, people are finding purpose? What if people are, 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 are filling the void? It's a very interesting possibility. I don't know the probability. So I, I only put that out there as a caveat to my own comments that maybe it is something else. Maybe it was just the way the poll was done, for all I know. But these conversations constantly remind me that this conversation or concept of LGBTQAIIA+, this is a political movement and doesn't actually represent people they claim are within the movement. Gay men and gay women have their own thoughts and ideas and philosophies. Same thing with people who are bisexual. They have their own views. Anybody listening to those views? Do they get a chance to to uh, espouse those views? Or if those views should come into conflict with what the hierarchy of the movement says is acceptable, are they shouted down or erased? All that fighting at Stonewall just to be erased by somebody who's decided you're not gay enough. Because the new movement doesn't want equality. They want equity. They want control. They want power. And they want you to just say yes to everything they want to do. And some of the stuff they want to do, that's immoral. Meanwhile, Tim Scott doesn't know what it's like to be black. Uh, That's what... Barack Obama is saying, let us, you want to talk about a moral, let us break it down. That's coming up next. This is Tony Katz today.
I think the trans issue has, has come on as a more div well, divisive issue in the context particularly of sports, where it's also been weaponized, uh, and issues around pronouns. I remember the first time I was on Zoom, and all of a sudden I saw these different pronouns, and that even took me, I was like, what's this? Mm -hmm. I didn't fully understand that. I think a combination of those factors, the weaponization of grievance and dehumanization that I see politicians that are exploiting this, like Ron DeSantis notably, but not unique to DeSantis, have also exacerbated this. Gavin Newsom, governor of California, and fool. Fool. The issue of young girls being forced to compete in sports against biological males has been weaponized? Maybe we should ask by whom? Me for noticing? The young girls for saying that it's not fair? Who? May I ask, Governor News? Oh, you. People actually think he should get into this presidential race and take on Joe Biden. They really do. Less and less people excited about Joe Biden because the man's too old. He's too old and he doesn't know what he's saying. Who in the world can listen to this guy and think that he's somehow making sense when he says this? Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. A railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. And you wonder why people are looking for another candidate. You wonder why that is. Remember, they went with Biden after the State of the Union because he sounded like he was wheeling and dealing. And it was like, all right, this is the best we can do. There's nobody else who could do the job. And now they're like, oh, wow, he's older than we thought. But Gavin Newsom is the answer? Someone's weaponizing this whole thing about boys and girls sports. Yes. The so-called movement that we were just talking about that says girls shouldn't have a say. It's okay for boys to take their spot. The girls should just lay back and take it. It is the most messed up, misogynistic nonsense ever. Maybe not as messed up as this. See what's happening there. We do see businesses moving out for various reasons, but some of them saying they're concerned about the crime in the area. When you see that happening to your beloved city, what goes through your mind, and do you think something's going wrong there? No, I think they're they're struggling to recover from the pandemic. They're struggling uh, to come back. They're struggling with the the, the macroeconomic shifts, particularly as it relates to uh, telework, as it relates to what's the future of a downtown. Is it stacking of offices or stacking of people? And they're in the process of reason zoning and rebirth and reimagination. By the way, I've seen that in San Francisco for decades. Oh, it's not the crime. It's not the people actually defecating on the street, Governor Newsom. It's all because of telework. I don't argue that there aren't some telework challenges. I'm just saying it's not all because of telework. That is an incredibly dishonest answer. 
And you'll get more of that if you have Gavin Newsom in office. But that's actually not the story. The story is Barack Obama going at Tim Scott, well, clearly for not being black enough. Is that it? I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate Americans, say everything's great and we can all make it. Nikki Haley, I think, has a similar mm-hmm. approach. I'm not being cynical about Tim Scott individually. I am maybe suggesting that the rhetoric of can't we all get along, that has to be undergirded with an honest accounting of our past and our present. This statement from former President Obama, or I should say President Obama, um, on Senator Tim Scott and on Ambassador Nikki Haley, plays into this larger conversation of, if you're conservative and you're black, you're not really black. And if you're conservative and you're Indian, you're not really Indian or you're not really a minority or you're not really a woman or you're not really gay. That somehow having a different point of view removes one's authenticity. Kira Davis joins us right now, podcaster, television personality and author. Her latest book, Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin to Battle Fiercely in the Arena of Ideas is available at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin to Battle Fiercely in the Arena of Ideas. Uh, and I I did the thing, Kira, today. I don't think I've ever done with you. Um, I said, hey, you want to get racial like that was that was that was my text it would be like uh you texting me and saying hey i i I need a jewish friend come here um but this i think this is messed up from obama this is this is really where i think the culture war uh is at that somehow being black and having a different point of view not even being conservative somehow uh whether it's obama whether it's sunny hostin whether it's joy behar on the view takes away the idea that you're actually black at all yeah well first of all i love how obama says you know um there's a certain type of person who just wants to talk about how everything in america is great um and that's fair every everything about america is is not great but is anything great about america and this is the thing that's lacking on the left right that they don't want to have those conversations about anything being great but the the uh, response to anybody who, like Tim Scott or Nikki Haley, who wants to say, hey, we, we have our issues, but we love this country and we 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 can do more, but we have so much already. Um, of course, the response is to negate the humanity of those people. And that's straight out of the Marxist playbook. That's straight out of, you know, Saul Alinsky. You dehumanize the other person. So, of course, there's no way to be conservative slash Republican and black or and gay and a woman, uh, because to be conservative or Republican, you nailed it, Tony, where we are in the culture wars right now to be those things is to not be human. So the progressive left, as embodied in the Democrat Party, has been the the has been the people who have been encouraging this mindset. And Obama is just as bad as the next person. And as a matter of fact, we could say that's why we had Trump, right? People responding 
to that dehumanization from Obama's camp and from Democrats. So the issue isn't race. The issue is humanity. I have been making the argument, and I have not had a chance to go over this uh, with you. I am making the argument that if we take a look at this grouping of letters, LGBTQIA+, that this is not people. This is a political movement. The flag is not the gay pride flag. Uh, this, the, the flag and what the rainbow represented, the flag is a, a flag of a political movement. And that somebody who is gay or lesbian or, or bisexual who may have an issue with the T, specifically children, they would be excommunicated from the movement. Is, is the concept of black America a movement because if you ask me if the concept of Jewish America is a movement, I'll tell you yes, and I know I'm not invited to the party. Uh, that's a good question. Is Black America a movement? I don't know. No, you know, Black America is is America, but there is a, certainly, of course, a political movement um, housed within Black America, and it's been taken advantage of quite well, if you ask me, quite expertly by the Democrat Party, and they've learned how to harness the movement within the community. Again, I think all of the, I think the movement is progressivism. That's the movement and everything else kind of falls yes. under that. And, and getting back to my original point, the, the way that you combat cogent arguments, you know, the kind that Tim Scott, Tim Scott is a brilliant guy. He's an intelligent guy. He's, he knows how to express what he means to say. Um, and so the way that you negate that, coming out of the mouth of that guy is to dehumanize him. And that's where we are. And I find that very concerning because when you dehumanize a person, when you take away all of the the things that they're proud of about their identity, be it, be it race or be it where you live, where you're from, when you take away all those things and you rob a person of their humanity, you make it okay to do whatever you want to those people. And that's the thing we're seeing happening too, right? We're seeing violence start to pop up. Um, in some of these movements, particularly in the, in the trans movement these days. But I don't have to point out Black Lives Matter and everything we went through with them and are still going through. So these are very dangerous concepts. That I don't think and it's why I wanted to talk to you today. We don't usually get racial. That's not our our relationship. But I think it's important to be thinking about this. Like we are living in dangerous times. Talking to Kira Davis, the book Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin to Battle Fiercely in the Arena of Ideas. You can find that at Amazon.com. I I get your point, right? Because I utilize the term black America like I did Jewish America. And you often hear those things, but I don't actually know what they are because, as you stated, and I agree, it is America. I could argue that if you were to take a sampling of people who are Jewish of different uh, political stripes, there might be some similarities in experiences. And that could be very true of, of, a, of a sampling size of people who are black. But this was, was, was very specific to the idea that the authenticity, the black enough conversation only comes from a political sphere. In the work you did in the in the book, Drawing Lines, um, as you say, it is time to draw our lines in the sand as Christians and conservatives by engaging in public conversations with truth and conviction. Is this one of the conversations you were thinking about? Is this is this like like I, I more went to that even. Is this one of those conversations that you are referring to in the in the concept of the book, Drawing Lines of 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 
being able to push back and 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 what is that pushback? What is the idea that you would counter with, that you would suggest Tim Scott counter with or somebody else counter with or just offer up, proffer up as a counter to what it is, the dehumanizing as you're discussing it, of what Barack Obama is saying? No, I, I like that question. That's a good question. And in the book, what I'm saying is it's time for people to get a little aggressive. So the conservative slash Republican way to deal with stuff is through policy or like Obama even identified it himself in that clip, right? Like, oh, the whole can't we all get along thing. Like, that's what they consider conservatism. And I'm saying that, like, I would love to get along. I think all of us would love to just get along and everybody mind their own business. And we've been trying to do that. But while we were doing that, the culture was wrestled away from us. So we have to be aggressive. So the guys like Tim Scott, and I don't know that this is in his nature, but this is what I'm telling people in the book. We need to make this a part of our nature, at least for now. The way you handle these situations is to push back to do what Breitbart did, to, to, to respond to Obama saying, you know what, what you just said is grossly disrespectful and it's racist. So you need to be held accountable for what you're saying. And I'm not going to engage in this conversation with you if you're not going to respect me as a human being or you're not going to respect my right to be here and my right to participate in American politics, American culture. It means standing up and saying, no, I'm very literal about drawing that line, you know, drag your foot across the sand and draw the line and say, all right, this is where we stop. I'm no longer having a conversation with you. Here's my answer. No, we're not going to welcome drag queens into the classroom. No, we are not going to mutilate children in the name of a political movement. No, we are not going to defund the police. So any other conversation around this has to start with the word no. I'm asking people to get a little bit aggressive because um, this like go along to get along thing is not working and they've pushed us all the way back to the edge of the cliff. We have no more yardage behind us. So I think people, unfortunately, are going to have to start getting not rude, not mean, just aggressive. There's, we're not talking the same language as the other side anymore. So I'm not sure that we need to be trying at this point. If we're not talking the same language, how does one respond in a language that they'll understand? Or is it even about them understanding? It's not because there is no understanding. Listen to look at where we are right now, Tony. We are actually having adult conversations about what a woman is like. We're in crazy town now. So there aren't like intelligent conversations to be had. You can't reason with crazy. You know what I mean? And we're in crazy times now. I'm all for reasoning. That's what I do on my show. Just listen to yourself. I reason through issues and talking points. And if you meet somebody who's just a curious fellow traveler and wants to have a friendly debate or conversation, great, go for it. But these people that you see like on The View and, you know, Joy, the Joy Behars of the world or the Joy Reeds of the world, they don't need, we don't need to entertain them as if they're saying intellectual things, as if they're saying anything that's going to get us closer to a peaceful coexistence with, with anyone. They hate us. Their goal is to destroy us. This is the gist of this whole conversation so far, robbing people of their humanity. They don't see us as human. We see them as human, and that's great. So I don't know that this is a time for conversation anymore. Between people like you and me, sure, we're we're discussing. 
But with the other side, I don't think right now is a time for conversation. Their conversation is crazy right now. Kira Davis, the book, Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin to Battle Fiercely in the Arena of Ideas. Find it at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, You can get free delivery tomorrow, so if you want it for Father's Day, you feel free. You go right ahead. Kira, always a pleasure. Appreciate you greatly. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I just think the Trump administration, they don't or the Trump team doesn't know how to define Joe Biden, right? They want him to be sleepy Joe and corrupt Joe. And you can't be sleepy and corrupt. And the truth is he's neither, and it's just a lack of being able to define him because they fear him, so now they're going to threaten. That's Representative Eric Swalwell telling you that you fear Joe Biden. The congressman from California wants you to know that you fear the guy who said this. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. Joe Biden would be much better served if Eric Swalwell said nothing and stayed off TV. This is Tony Katz today.